What's going on and welcome to another episode of Chicken Scratch Gospel coming to you from Midtown Studios in downtown Bakersfield. I am your host, Matt. Conspicuous by his absence today is my usual co-host, Daniel. He's out flying jets. (laughs) And so today I am joined by my beautiful wife, Amanda, is my co-host today. Hey. Hey. (laughs) What's going on, Loka? Oh, you asked me a question. <laughs> um, nothing. I'm uh, podcast. <laughs> podcast. I'm so good at this. You are doing an amazing <laughs> job. I love so much that the curveball I just threw at you threw you completely <laughs> off. That made me laugh. I love it. That's great. That's gonna go. That's gonna go down in the reels or something. That's gonna be funny. Anyway, excited that you're here today because we get to talk about something that we absolutely love. And yes. Um, uh, I were we need to have probably the four of us on again. You know, we did the Lovers Lane episode with you and myself and um, Daniel and Felly, and uh, really enjoyed having that episode. And we probably need to do a worship episode with the four of us. But right now, you just happened upon this episode today, which is worship. And we've been doing worship. I mean, I've been I've been in worship ministry for twenty years. Um, You've been in worship ministry longer because you've been in worship ministry since you were a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to talk about the idea of the fact that we are called to be uh, no ordinary worshipers. Right. right. So God is God is not ordinary. He, his worshipers should not be ordinary. And John 423 says yet a time is coming and now has come when the true worshipers will worship the father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. And an extraordinary God certainly deserves more than ordinary worship. But that begs the question, what do these true worshipers look like? Mm-hmm. What do these true worshipers look like? Yeah, um, I, I think growing up in church too, you, again, we talk about um, how there can be a lot of fake because we're humans and that's humanity. Um, but people trying to recreate worship or try to recreate moments or, you know, we got to play that song because one time it was really awesome. And so that's our song and we're going to sing it every time. Right. There's uh, people try to get a formula around what that looks like. Yeah. When genuinely I'm just profoundly aware of my need for a savior and how much I love him and how much I genuinely do not deserve him. And yet for some reason he, he delights in my praise, when I worship him, um, it's a gift to him, which is funny to me because of who I know I am as a person, a silly human, just trying to, to get through it all. And he is so awesome. So just being profoundly aware of that, it's the freedom in that there's no, uh, insecurities around whether or not I sound good. I look nice. You know what I mean? It's because it's not about me at all. Right, and there are some that have this idea that they need to fix their face when they worship or whatever. And, and I'm not saying like, you know, uh, you know, in, in, we had the opportunity to enjoy the presence of God and to, to give to him that which we have, which is ourselves. Yeah. That's, that's all that we're offering ourselves as, as ourselves in our worship. And, and we can't exaggerate the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. He deserves everything that we have. And not everyone worships the same. Mm-hmm. Not everyone worships the same. Some people jump, some people clap, others dance, some wave flags, some paint, they wax poetic, whatever the case may be. But scriptures say things like clap your hands, all you people. 
Yeah. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. The, the psalmist said, when I consider the heavens, who is man that you are mindful of him? He understands God in such a way that he worshiped. David worshiped God so hard that his, his regal robes came off and he just continued worshiping unashamed to the point to where his wife hollers out the window and says, you look like an idiot. You don't look like a king and all the people are seeing you. You need to act more kingly. And he looks back and he says, I'm going to be more undignified than this woman. You ain't seen nothing yet. This God that I serve deserves the best praise that I can give. So praise and worship. Praise is more than the fast songs. Right. (laughs) And worship more than the slow songs. Right. Just so we can get that clear. But that's our formula, right? That that is kind of (laughs) right. Well, and and the formula that I came into was, you know, you do, you show up to church and you do two fast songs, two slow songs, and then you maybe go into like a a hymnal refrain and then, you know, the preaching starts or a runaway happens or something's, you know, (laughs) something's going to go down. And, and, and I think, you know, I love the the way that we do worship now is, you know, well, you know, we, we choose songs that we feel led to choose. And if, if they're fast, great. If they're not, whatever we're, we're, you know, we're just, we're just looking to have a moment and, and worship God. And, and I, I, I put to you today this, that the only true worship is an extreme worship. And the only extreme worship brings extreme results. And if you want to know what extreme results of worship, of extreme worship look like, it's a transformed life. Mm-hmm. If your life is being transformed by God, you've, 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 you've discovered extreme results of an extreme worship. You've, you've spent time with a God who is so real that you understand who he is and who you're not. Yeah. And we, we try to take control over things, right? We were talking about the formula that works out really well where it's like, <clears throat> we do this song, we do it this way. And this is how, and this is how it's worked for us. Right. Again, in our attempt to kind of control it. So we try to even control what worship looks like. And, and whenever I, I'm completely free worshiper, which honestly makes it really hard for me to be on the worship team because I don't remember lyrics and I'm all over the place and I'm praying in the middle of songs. Like there's a lot to it. And so I'm not yes, the one that's true. to pick to have on the team for sure. But I know that you're, you are the one to pick to have on the team, but I'm not the one to remember the lyrics. I'm right. I'm just, there's a, there's freedom that I have that's genuine. And I've had so yes. many people throughout the years try to tell me, you know what, you, you know, you fix your face. Like you, there's moments where you look pained or are, you're laughing yeah. or, you know, trying to fix it because they're trying to mold it into what they think worship should be when really it's just complete surrender in that moment. And again, the acknowledgement of who he actually is in that moment, not how I'm perceived, not how I'm seen, not what I look like, not how I sound even. Right. And a lot of people are like, man, I'm a really good singer. I want to be on the worship team. And I'm like, that's not, that's like a small part of it. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And I think that, you know, of course you don't want to be, you don't want to sound like scuttle from the little mermaid. You know, (laughs) if you sound like scuttle from the little mermaid, you probably shouldn't be on the worship team. Uh, having said that, um, the ability to sing, that's that's a dime a dozen. Yeah. You know, uh, there's a lot of people out there that can sing, but very few people understand the nuance of completely surrendering to God in a moment and worshiping God in spirit and in truth. Yeah. And that's critical. It's so critical to a to a worship. There were there are times where if you've spent any amount of time with me on a worship team or in worship, 
and you say something like, I want to learn, Matt, I want to learn to be a better worshiper. I want to learn to be a worship leader or whatever. Then invariably you have heard me say these words at one point or another to you. You have heard me say, I don't believe you. You're singing a song and you've heard me. Some people, I've just, I'll just look at you dead in the face and tell you, I don't, it's not because I don't love you. Yeah. It's because I'm trying, to fi- I'm trying to help you find that spirit and in truth yeah. moment. I don't believe you. You can sing uh, you know, uh, a song. You, it doesn't matter if it's, oh, by the way, it doesn't matter if it's old or new. We could go, we would go to Amanda's grandpa's church and I'd worship the same there as if I would worship at a, at a conference. You know what I mean? With, with elevation worship present or whatever, like it don't matter. We, you worship, true worshipers will worship anywhere yeah. and to any song. But if you're sitting there singing about, uh, the, the goodness of God and you're not believing it, it will seethe through who you are. And I'm not telling you to put on a performance. I'm telling you that if you're not being real, then it ain't worship. Right. Right. Because um, humans too, we get in a routine of things, right? Mm -hmm. And so things become, oh no, we have to do this. We have to do that. We have to, you know. I like when you bring out the robot hands when you (laughs) do the humans, by (laughs) the way. (laughs) People listening to it are not going to see that, but the people on YouTube are going to go, what in the world's wrong with her? Um, but we do, we get in a routine of things and then it becomes the routine of it. It becomes the action right. of sing the song, do it this way. It has to last this long. Make sure that your timing is correct. And I think it's good for us to practice and to be, um, you know, consider things technically. I do. Yeah. I, I to- I'm totally for that. Because if you're a train wreck, you're going to be a distraction and nobody's going to be able to worship. Absolutely. Yeah. So to be prepared, that's different. We right. need to prepare our, our gifts and, Absolutely. And, and, and be ready for that. But in that moment, it doesn't have anything to do with any of us. Right. And sometimes we forget that. It's a worship song. Oh, this is my favorite song. I think it's pretty and I like it. And then it just becomes, this is the part of service where we do worship. Not genuinely dedicating this moment in acknowledgement of who he is and who we are. Yeah. And that's where we miss it. And, and, and how often I think are those things missed. We definitely can recreate moments because there are moments that happen where God really shows up and does something different. Mm-hmm. And what hurts us is, is when God shows up and does something different and then we show up the next week and we go, okay, let's do the same set list <laughs> because the reason why God showed up and did what he did was because we did those four songs. That's, That's right. why God showed up. <laughs> God has a favorite playlist uh, and so that's what we got to do again. If we do at the cross and the blood medley, and then we throw in graves into gardens, and then we end with I'll fly away, people are going to get saved. Like, you know, and those are those songs. I don't think those four songs belong together, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I've done all of those songs. I like all of those songs. Uh, and I think that what you're saying is, is prepare your gifts. Yes. But prepare your heart first. Absolutely. You know, we need to first prepare our heart. Then, then we can prepare our gift. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's kind of the, it's, it's kind of akin to when you see um, Jesus speaking to, when you have, if you have odd against your brother, you know, then don't, don't bring your worship into the temple. Right. You, the, the word of the word, the, the Bible teaches us, like, if you got static with your brother, Leave your gift at, at the temple. Go reconcile with your brother. And then you can come and you can bring your gift. So what it's talking about there, priority is the preparation of your heart. Yeah. 
not the preparation of your gift. That does not mean that the preparation of your gift is not important. Sure. That means it is a higher preparation or a higher priority rather that, that you prepare your heart. And John Piper says something, and I really, really like this. He says, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. God is most glorified in us when we are I love this quote. It does, however, bring up another question. Are we satisfied in him? Are we, listeners, are you, is God enough? Are you satisfied in him? Because that is how, that is the best way to bring God glory. That is the best way to worship your God is not even necessarily a song. It's a life lived in the satisfaction of God being enough. Um, I, I do think all of this comes down to control. Like the, the sense that we have as humans to want to control things, to want to control how they're, how they're done, how they're perceived, like what, you know, like we want, uh, I have a lot of people who we minister to who are like, man, I, I don't know what to do with this. I'm frustrated, but they're just wanting to control everything and not release that, not just give that over. So we have a tendency to try to control the worship environment, try to control what that looks like, control, um, how it will feel to everyone, how it'll be perceived by everybody. Right. And we forget the very most important part, which is releasing that. Right. It's not our, our lives are not our own. So giving that up to him, surrendering that to him, acknowledging who he is, is everything. Acknowledging who we are. We're just silly little humans. We don't know why it is that God um, wants to be around us, wants to love us, wants right. to bless us. We have no, and, and that acknowledgement, yeah, you, you want to serve him. You want to love him. You mm. want to obey his commandments. You want to worship him with everything that's in you. But when we get into the routine of controlling what that looks like. We're just Christian robots. Yeah, that that's a big deal. And I think I, I'm, I was writing down a thought as you said that. And um, when it comes to worshiping God, especially, mm -hmm. but controlling the narrative is creating a narrative. That's really what controlling yeah, the narrative absolutely. is. You're creating a narrative. You're not telling the truth. No, you're not telling the whole story. You're, you're creating a narrative because you're trying to control it. Yeah. Uh, and it, cause if you were, if you weren't trying to control it, you just let the truth be the truth. Yeah. Um, but controlling the narrative is creating the narrative. And since that's so, how can you create a narrative to the one who is writing the story? Right. You cannot create a narrative to God. He is the one who writes the story. He's the author. He's the finisher. Jesus is the author, the finisher of our faith. God is the father who sees everything. He's the alpha. He's the omega. How in the world are you going to create a narrative to the one who has the pen in his hand? Yeah. It's scary. You're not. It's scary when the formula that, that people feel like, man, this is the formula when it works for them because then it just confirms that you know what I mean? and then they just are like in a hamster wheel of control and making it happen the way they think it should because it worked it worked that time it worked this time and it just becomes a constant okay I'm gonna I'm gonna manipulate this I'm gonna I'm gonna fix it I'm gonna and, and you do you get a lot of people just trying to control it right I want to ask you this question because I know the answer just give me some short answers for this okay have you been in a service, in a gathering, in a worship experience, whatever? Mm -hmm. uh, many different people listening, many different names for their, for their gatherings. Have you been in a gathering where God showed up and did something crazy? Yes. Did something crazy. Okay. Have you been in a gathering where God 
showed up and didn't do anything crazy. But he showed up. Yes. Okay. Have you been somewhere where people showed up and did a bunch of crazy things and it broke your heart because God wasn't in it? Yes. Yes. And I think that's, that's the part that's the hardest is I remember having moments whether it was leading worship at conferences or leading worship, you know, in a service or in a gathering or at a park or whatever. I remember moments where as a worship leader, I almost felt a little responsible for being up there and worshiping. And I'm just, man, I'm worshiping and I worship different. I clap, I dance, I jump, I whatever, like I shout, I, whatever, whatever I feel the need to do in that moment, I'm going to do. And I would see a sensationalizing of a move where God, maybe God was doing something sweet. Maybe God was trying to break us or break hearts or, or do something, you know, in us. And it would hurt my heart because what we'll do is we'll take something. And this is just human nature yeah. is we've been doing this from the beginning. We had a, we had a garden called Eden and it was paradise and we messed it up mm -hmm. because we took it something that was God's and that was pure and that was beautiful. And we decided to, you know, make it all human like, and, and that messed it up. But I've been in those moments, you know, and I think that, you know, for the person that's out there and maybe feels like there's they have no control over that. Can I tell you that even in those moments that God can grow you, mm -hmm. God can do something in you in those moments. God can show you. God taught me so much on that on those stages. God taught me so much about worship and how that even when these things are happening around us, that my, I can choose in my heart to be still. I can choose in my heart to be true, to, to, to truly worship. And whatever happens around me is whatever's happening around me. And again, this is not placating and this is not putting anybody down. I think that we've all had experiences uh, of this nature. But worship isn't about making us feel good. That's not what worship is about. You know, people got preferences in worship too. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't show up until the last song because the last song is usually, I like the slower songs better than the loud, faster ones. Or, you know, some people are like, I don't show up for worship at all because, and listen to me, worship is so paramount yeah. to your relationship with God. It is so paramount. And, and as I said to, to, you know, to glorify God the most is to be satisfied in him, be most satisfied in him. And that is not a feeling that is a choice no matter what your circumstance, that God is enough. Mm -hmm. And so how long has it been since you stood amazed in his presence? Have you ever been amazed by his grace? You know, do you know how marvelous and how wonderful your Savior's love yeah. is for you? Worship, true worship, is simply giving God his breath back. He's given you breath to live and true worship is saying, God, this breath is yours. It's an attitude of um, of gratitude, of thankfulness. Hey. You like that? An attitude of gratitude. <laughs> we'll make stickers. No, no I we won't. <laughs> I think, uh, but it is. It's a, it's a thankfulness. You know, I'm acknowledging. And that's, I keep saying acknowledgement, but I really, truly believe that's where we miss it. Yeah. Because in that moment, we're not really doing that. And I think a lot of us are scared to do that because I think a lot of us feel like we're not worthy of what God has, has done or we're not, we're not worthy to even worship him or praise him or to, um, to be vulnerable in front of him. Right. And, um, yeah, you're not like none of us are. Right. Never That's the will. point. That's the whole point. That's the reason why 
But I think we have such a, a misunderstanding of what grace is because if we truly understood grace, the fact that we are human and that's okay, and we are able to acknowledge that, yes, I'm capable of all the things I've ever done and that God still loves me. If wow. we were to understand that grace, you can go before him um, without shame and fear of what people may or may not see or think. And you don't have to control how it might seem like you might feel you don't want you're wanting people to think you look perfect or that you're righteous or that you're doing well or that you're Christian or yeah. you don't care about any of that. Yeah. You just want to love God. You just want to thank him. I, I love that. And for, and for me, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm I, that kind that's that kind of worship. That's the kind of worship. That's the sloppy wet kiss worship. <laughs> now for those that are listening and you know, the song that's been out there for a long time is, you know, how he loves us. I think is John Mark uh, McMillan wrote it. An amazing song, huge, Beautiful song. Kim Walker, I think, made it kind of blow up when she covered it up at Bethel, Jesus Culture. Um, I love that song. The words of that song got changed in a lot of churches to, uh, what was it, to an unforeseen. Mm -hmm. Heaven meets earth like an unforeseen kiss. Now, I'm not going to knock the rewrite per se, but listen to this just real quick, if you would. True worship is messy. It's messy. You know why? You're messy. You're messy, you're human, you're broken, and God still chooses to love you. Yeah. God still invites you to choose him. It's not going to be clean. Listen to me. The cross wasn't clean. Mm. The cross was messy. And that was God kissing the earth in that moment. He was saying, my son's going to take on all of this mess yeah. for you because I love you. And it was, not un, it was not an unforeseen moment because he was the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the earth. Yeah. This was that that was prophesied years ago. Prophets of Old Testament have been talking about a savior and a Messiah that was gonna come and take away. Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Worship is not meant to be a clean situation. You don't have to get cleaned up before you worship up. You do not have to do that. Give God his breath back now. Give him your best praise now. Worship him now. Take some time. Take a breath. Focus. And worship the only being worthy of your worship. Is it crazy how often we have church services? The, the worship service... Um, in a lot of churches I have ever been in, we miss it. Sometimes we just, we don't give that moment to him. It's just another thing that we do. Yeah. Well, I think that, I think that it can be easy for us to consider the, the comings and goings of life, Yeah. man. How do we facilitate for, you know, we want to make sure that, that people, it, it is a big one. Cause I, I'll tell you, I struggle with this at times mm -hmm. and I'm a worshiper. But you know what I struggle with? I want people to know I value their time. Mm -hmm. Hey, I value your time. And so let's get through this. I'm gonna, we're going to get through this as quickly as possible. What about God's time? Yeah. He's in eternity. And if we worship him in spirit and in truth, then he'll actually get up. Yeah. The Bible says that his eyes go to and fro over the earth, searching for one that would worship him. And when he finds, when he gets up, he dances around them. God chooses to step out of eternity and into time when you worship him honestly. So what about valuing your time enough to value God? 
to worship him honestly and watch him show up in time, in that time. People won't be as concerned with valuing their time. I value their soul. I value their heart that God would do a work in them. And so that is something I think that easily can overtake us as leaders, as pastors. We consider things like that people don't normally consider. What about the kids? Yeah. You know, we, we don't want to, we don't want to take advantage of anybody serving in kids. Uh, what about the parking? What about the, what about the other services? Yeah. Like we got other stuff going on. And so it can be so easy to be consumed by these things, but here's the deal. God can do more in one minute yeah. than you can do in your, you know, 80 minute service or, you know, however long your gathering is, yeah. God can do more in one minute. And so I don't think the point is, Hey, we need to hang out and worship longer. I think the point is, is you need to posture and worship correctly. Yeah, absolutely. If you posture and worship correctly, God will show up mm -hmm. and he is always on time. And when he shows up, stuff changes. Well, and you've been in services with me too, where people were trying to recreate a, a emotional moment. Right. And they'll make worship last the entire service. And it wasn't really a thing. It was just, hey, you know, let's make this moment a big moment. And again, taking that control. So no, it's not the length of it. But I think we get consumed, you're right, with the logistics of it, right? So when we were talking about planting this, uh, the vine. Um, oh, shout out to the vine. Okay, yeah. Okay, sorry. I do a lot of shout outs on accident. I'm sorry. Um, but there you go. Um, the second it it stops being about him. Cause why do we get together? Why do we even do it? Why right. do we even, what purpose are we trying to fill? What are we, what are we doing? It's not for fame. It's not for people to see us. It's no. not for people to think we're righteous or we're special or we're important or, no. um, it's not even about just making sure people have a place to hang out. What are we really doing? This is all about him right? and all about his mission through us. Anything that he wants to do, through us. This is about surrender. This yeah. is about, um, positioning our, ourself to be used of him for his glory, not ours. Yeah. But it's so easy for us to get wrapped up in the logistics of it. You know, you're going to work during the week, you're picking up the kids, you're taking them to school, you've got bills to pay, you know, it's very standard things, but we get so overwhelmed in our routines of things. We, we do the same with church, you know, it's a routine of, creating that environment and yeah. making sure there's logistics down. And those are very important. You can't, they, without organization, it just can't happen. But we tend to forget about the reason why it is we actually do it and worship. Man, that's got to be something that's so wholly dedicated to, to God. It's all about him. It's about worshiping him. It's about acknowledging him, who he is for us and who he is in us. Because if we can, if we can set that at the first part, of our service. This is dedicated to him and doesn't have one thing to do with us. Right. So don't, so don't allow your logistics to rob God of his glory. Yeah. Don't allow that. And we're human and we have to remind ourselves right. all the time. So tell yourself that today as you prepare, maybe, maybe you, maybe you're actually listening to this and in, in, on the way to work on the way home, remind yourself, prepare your heart and have some worship time even on the way home in the car. It'd be awesome. I promise you. Truly worship God with all that you have. Posture your heart, prepare your heart, then bring God your gifts. Take some time, take a breath, and give God his breath back. Uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm really liking this, and we're definitely going to have to dive into a, to some more worship stuff as we go. Because like I said, Daniel, Feli, we know a lot of worship people um, because we've been worshipers for a long time. 
So we definitely, this is a subject that's near and dear to our hearts. And uh, on the topic of worship, we want, we do want to get into our recommendations, which are going to be, did you prepare your worship recommendation? Because we have, we want to make recommendations. We want them to be worship albums. I actually have two. Do you have one or two? I have, I have two, but one I'm like, yay. Wait, so you don't like both of them? You just <laughs> I'm not going to tell you which one I, th- I think yay about. <laughs> All right, so you have two. Okay, great. This works out for me. So I'll, 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 give, you, I'll give you my first one, then you can give me two, and then I'll give you the, my last one. Uh, I want to tell you Elevation Worship, Graves in the Gardens, Morning and Evening. Man, it's a different rendition. It's a different take on a lot of the songs that were in the Graves in the Gardens album. Really, really cool. So Graves in the Gardens, Morning and Evening. Elevation worship. That'll be my first recommendation. Give me your two and then I'll give you my last one. Okay. Uh, mine are, are actually old, but I, they're still my jams. Girl, um, that don't matter. Oh, I'm, I'm just saying, uh, but elevation worship. I, I do love paradoxology. Paradoxology. I st- yeah, I still do. I love it. Um, but one that was so huge for me. And I think that I, you, we were talking about relating to worshipers because we understand them or the way that, you know, how, how they, they operate how they worship. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie Gretzinger. I love her. I love that woman so much <laughs> right. because she has a freedom. You say she's your spirit animal. Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, because she has a freedom and a security. She doesn't care about anything else or anyone else. And I genuinely love that because she's not trying to be anything that she's not. And she's genuinely awesome. But she had an album called The Undoing. Mm-hmm. And that was, oh, geez, that was like in 2014. So not a million years ago, but. Honestly, there's a, a, a song. If anyone is dealing with any form of shame at all, which I think is what prevents us from true worship yeah. because we're, we're terrified to go in that space, um, Out of Hiding is such a fantastic song. That is a good song. And uh, honestly, it, it put words to something that I had, that I remember struggling with that shame of like, how do I get through this? Yeah. But it's, it's so beautiful to just strip away that shame and to go forward in confidence, knowing that God is exactly who he is. I'm glad you said that one as well, because that's one of, well, that's one of our daughter's favorites yeah. as well. And that, that song really ministered to her and helped her uh, when she was kind of dealing with some insecurity and some, some anxiety within herself. And so those are some good recommendations. I got one more recommendation. Um, I really feel like shouting out so many because I, know, <laughs> I was so there's so many uh, good ones, but move your heart album. Uh, it's a collaboration between uh, Maverick City Music and Upper Room. Mm-hmm. Sick. It is. It's so good. I mean, but there's so many others um, that, that uh-huh, and, you know, that I want to say, you know, uh, uh, group therapy. Uh, 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 Marvin, Marvin Winans, uh, you know, go, go out and listen to whatever the kind of music is that you like, man, go and find it. Donnie McClurgan, go and find them, uh, whatever that you want, but go and find, go and find your spot, go and find the stuff that you like, man. There's so many out there and, and worship God and worship God in honesty. You're messed up. You're messy. Fine. Worship, worship God in your mess. I promise you, he loves you enough to show up even in your mess. That's all the time that we have today. We're not starting the episode. We're actually ending it. Follow us on social media. <laughs> Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications. Go love like Jesus. I'm out. My bad. That was so-